this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Hey, great podcast today. Uh, You know, if you want that, you should listen to Ben Shapiro. We've got one, too. Uh, It is actually a really good podcast today. We we talk about some of the things the federal government is doing uh, that will be the end of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And no joke. I mean, I'm not making this up. That's what they say. No joke. Come on. No kidding. Um, we Tammy Bruce is on with us. We also have Tammy Bruce. She is fantastic on what's happening in Afghanistan. Uh, her view on what's really happening at the State Department is quite interesting. I blow a gasket on the State Department in today's podcast as well. Uh, yes, a little bit. Uh, Dr. Scott Atlas is on as well mm-hmm. uh, about uh, the the con- controversy around people getting banned for giving their opinions. What happens when a society doesn't believe in science or mm. scientists or the experts anymore? All on today's podcast. And don't forget, you can get to blazetv.com slash Glenn for your subscription to Blaze TV. You get 10 bucks off if you use the promo code Glenn. Please subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it, as well as Stu Does America, all available five days a week. And don't forget to get your new shirt. Congratulations to the President of the United States. Uh, he's been named Person of the Year for the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Taliban Joe Biden. Congratulations. Get your shirt and mug at TalibanJoeMerch.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. Now I want you to listen carefully because uh, give me, just give me 20 minutes here. Give me 20 minutes to lay out a premise. I think... I don't recognize my country. And here's why. Because my fellow countrymen will not stand up and go, (laughs) I don't think so. Biden's economic advisor said yesterday that if you exclude beef, pork, and poultry, price increases at the supermarket are more in line with historic norms. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Seems like some large categories. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, Mm. if you stop at the gas station and you exclude the price of gas, everything else is pretty much in line with the way it is historically. Uh, um, But I'm stopping at a gas station. Yeah, but uh, big gulps are like almost the exact same price. price. Yeah. (laughs) Now, there's a couple of things. I, I mean... It's interesting how he apparently is giving the overall food price increases a pass by, of course, excluding certain foods. But I thought, you know what? Why complain? 
let's play this game. Uh, if you exclude all of the progressive hellhole cities, crime really isn't that bad. It's not. Mm-mm. If you exclude all of the piles of crap and needles, San Francisco <laughs> is beautiful. <laughs> right Especially now. this kind of year. Yeah. If you exclude all of the Americans and allies we left behind and the 13 Americans that died. Oh, and the fact that China is now saying they're going to put their warships in U.S. territory waters. Afghanistan, that withdrawal, it was it was actually a complete success. If you exclude all of the blood and brains all over the back seat, JFK just had a quiet drive through the city of Dallas. <laughs> if you exclude all the cancer. Walt Disney was as healthy as a horse. If you exclude all the legal border crossings, the border's really never been as, as safe and secure as it is right now. Wow, I think they've almost said that one. If you exclude all the heads in the refrigerator, Jeffrey Dahmer kept a very sanitary kitchen. <laughs> How about this one? If you exclude all of the good things in American history... America really is a bad place. They definitely use that one. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you exclude the fact that many scientists don't agree, the science is settled. They use that one, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. This is this is exactly how they win. OK, because they just exclude it. And normally they're not as clear as the economic. Joe Biden, I tell him all numbers and stuff. That guy just said, well, I mean, prices are normal. I mean, if you exclude food, you know, I know I'm talking about food, but I'm just excluding some foods that are making the prices look bad. Uh, but we reject all the meats. Okay. Usually they don't say that. They just say the science is settled. They don't tell you, well, if, as long as you exclude all of the other people that don't agree, the science is settled. You know, as long as you exclude all of the good things in uh, the American history uh, department here, which we've done, we got rid of all of it. I think you'll all agree America really sucks. They don't tell you that. And you buy it. Americans continue to buy it. Now, in his talk yesterday, he also uh, calls out the four big meat processors like we did in the Meat Mafia show. But what's different is he excludes the oddity that meat prices are going up while cattle prices aren't for the first time in history. So he's making the meat processors look bad. Blaming it on the meat processing, which automatically most people would just go, oh, the farmers, the ranchers, they're getting rich. No, they're not. No, they're not. If you cut out the fact that cattle prices are flat while meat prices are up, you'll be able to lie about meat to accomplish your goal. This is something that Tammy Bruce taught me years ago in a book called Change the language, and you can control the argument. I'd like to change that here. Change the language, and you can control the people. For instance, let me give you this. Warning. 
your head is about to explode. The National Archives and Records Administration determined recently that America's founding documents, including the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, now may be harmful or difficult for some users to view, since they reflect outdated, biased, offensive, and possibly violent views and opinions. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. America, if you don't come out in droves and drive these progressive insane people out of Congress, if you don't vote them out, we're done. Because once you label this a very offensive, outdated document, why are we still using it? The statement on potentially harmful content. Oh, now, it is their job, regretfully, I'm sure, to preserve and make available these historic records. But some may reflect racist, sexist, ableist, misog- uh, mis- uh, misogynist. Uh, what is misogynor? Misogyn- what? What is that? Mis- is that against? Who's that against? Noir. Uh, misogyn noir? Uh, I don't know. M-I-S-O-G-Y-N-O-I-R. That is uh, the dislike, contempt for, or ingrained prejudice against black women. Never never heard the term before. Oh, my God. (laughs) And xenophobic opinions and attitudes. They may be discriminatory towards or exclusive diverse views on sexuality, gender, religion, and more. Include graphic content of historic events such as violent death, medical procedures, crime, war, terrorist acts, natural disasters, and more. Demonstrate bias and exclusion in institutional collecting and digitization processes. They pledge to work in conjunction with diverse communities in order to balance the preservation of American history with sensitivity on how these materials are presented and perceived by users. Now... I want you to know they came out a few months ago with um, a, a report that I think everyone will agree with that the National Archives, the rotunda itself, that's the place where the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution are housed, that the rotunda itself is an example, I'm quoting, of structural racism because it lauds wealthy white men in the national nation's founding while marginalizing uh, people of color, women, and other communities. You know, it wasn't us that did that. It was you, the progressives, that did that. Woodrow Wilson did that. And because Woodrow Wilson did it, and he infected all of our universities, you have been erasing black, minority, uh, women, anyone else, you, you, the progressive movement, have erased it. I'm going to tell you in a few minutes what exactly you can do. Let me give you one other thing. Uh, the CDC. Now, some people don't think this is a big deal. Stu doesn't think it's a big deal. I do. 
The CDC has changed the definition of vaccine on their website. Now, maybe if this was an isolated incident and they weren't constantly doing things like this, they changed the definition of vaccine on the CDC website. It was on August 26th. It was a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. As of yesterday, the new definition of vaccine on the CDC website is a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune system response against diseases. Well, by that definition, vitamin C, D are also vaccines for this. You may not think it's a big deal. Control the language and control the argument or control the people. And make no mistake, that's what's happening. And you can always tell when people are, um, when, when you've hit a hot button, because Google, Facebook, they are so fast to make sure, no, this isn't happening. Whatever you see here, that's not happening. For instance, today, trending, Right at the bottom of the trend. We check it every day before we go on the air. What's trending? The phrase New World Order was trending. Well, that's weird. Why is the New World Order trending? Stu, how would you describe the New World Order? I mean, just off the top of your head, what does that mean to most people? Well, it, it is involved in a, uh, uh, there's a big conspiracy theory, Glenn. Quote, Big unquote. conspiracy theory. I remember uh, George H.W. Bush yeah, uttering New World it Order, very yeah. long mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. And he was a globalist. Mm-hmm. And he talking about the world new, new World Order. That is also used by religious people to say, End of the world! <laughs> Satan! It's evil. It's a hostile takeover. Uh, it's a controlling of the people. Okay, so New World Order was trending. And when we clicked on it, we got this little message. Unfounded claims about the New World Order conspiracy theory are shared after an Australian governmental official used the expression during a press conference on Thursday. Well, let's hear what she said. Will exposure sites be put back in place, especially with reopening and people going back to pubs and stuff? Because our exposure sites still, will they be put back in place to be listed once we are reopening? Because they're not at the moment. Um, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. Oh, we're going to we're going to be examining what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. It sounded so nice with her accent. It did, it, it did. It did. Kind of seemed it pleasing. did. It did. Now, uh, the fact checkers at Google wanted to point out fact checkers have regularly debunked claims connected to the conspiracy theory of the new world order the phrase is commonly used to describe times of change or a cultural shift you know that's why i described the 1960s you know it was the new world order uh it's the way i it's the way i talk about uh you know uh when jay leno left and uh what's his face uh became the the host of the tonight show 
I thought that's the new world order. It's just a it's a shift of cultural norms. You know what I mean? It's just a cultural shift. <laughs> I don't remember people using that term. To oh yeah, we that. did. Well, a lot okay. of people did. Okay. A lot of people did because that's commonly used to describe times of change or a cultural. Sh- it's never used that way. <laughs> <laughs> that might be like E or F in the dictionary, <laughs> but A is evil. B is that's uh, a global conspiracy to control all the people of Earth. Now, maybe way down, it's a cultural shift. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Stu came in this morning and he was like, okay, so the planes, they're moving. Yeah, I got a big alert on my news feed from yeah. one of the big mainstream publications mm-hmm. said the Taliban has agreed these planes are moving. They're free to go now. Yeah. And I was like, that's great news. Uh, and I'm surprised I s- Glenn didn't like email me or anything about <laughs> yeah. it, but it's, it's great news. Here's the story. Taliban authorities have agreed to let 200 American civilians and third country nationals who remain in Afghanistan after the end of the U.S. evacuation operation to depart on charter flights from Kabul. Taliban, pressed to follow departures from U.S. Special Representative, uh, blah, 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 said uh, the departures are expected today. The official could not say whether these Americans and third country nationals were among the people stranded for days at uh, uh, Mazar-e-Sharif. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not. No, they're not. They've got another hundred. It's weird because we have over a hundred. So all Americans and then more Americans are all going to be safe once their flights get out and our flights get out. It's going to be great. Uh, Unfortunately, our flights are not going to get out. It looks like they have not been able to get those flights out. Darn it. And Blinken said the Taliban forces are just not permitting the takeoff of any of those charter flights, you know, that that the Nazarene Fund or others have put together. Um, And gosh, we thought we had leverage over them, but I guess we don't. Blinken said there is no hostage like situation. No, no, uh, not technically, not in the way you always think of a hostage situation. He said many of these flights have been organized by NGOs and they're individuals who have a deeply felt desire to help people. But there's also a risk of people looking to extort money from desperate and vulnerable people, which, of course, we want to prevent. Additionally, some of the groups claiming to have all of the documentations and arrangements locked down, unfortunately, don't often for a good reason. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, documentation. Let's just say that They, they say they have all the documentations and they don't. Often for a good reason. Yeah, you know why? Because the State Department told us about a new document that they said was now required. And it was required like by August 28th or August 30th, something like that. They they put it in at the last minute as Kabul was collapsing. And uh, we said, well, where do we get that document for all these people? You get it at the embassy. Well, there isn't an embassy here anymore. (laughs) Quote. Including the laughter. (laughs) Well, you're just going to have to figure that out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So often with good reason. Yes, it's them. 
Well, they don't have the destinations locked down. They say they do, but unfortunately they don't. Why? Because every country that we have tried to fly them to, where we have had permission, the State Department either calls them in advance and said, don't take these people. Or they just won't give us permission to land there. Tammy Bruce is here. She wrote a great article the other day uh, for the Washington Times about this very situation. Hello, Tammy. How are you? I, I'm fine. It's it's still with what you've described and what all of us have gone through. It's it's like it's a nightmare. And the nightmare is, yes, it's it's terrorists. It's our enemies taking Afghanistan back. We kind of handed it to them. But what you've just described here, and I think um, uh, the Biden administration hopes people uh, will be confused. They clearly have a low yeah. regard for the American people. But the, I've, I've analogized this to being like when there's a, 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 an abuser who's been stalking a woman saying, if I can't have you, no one will have you. And then they, yeah. they it's a reason to kill the woman. This is if we couldn't rescue you, no one will rescue you. This is jealousy. It is envy. It is especially, I, would, I believe, because you're doing it and because your supporters have been helping. Do you that really think, wait, Tammy, do you really, because yes. I have dismissed that. Yes. People have said that, and I've dismissed mm-hmm. that. Do you really believe no, that? No. Yeah, yes, you know, it, it's, I, I also, I believe it, and it's taken me a while to get here. I, I, for the longest time, felt that Joe Biden really had no idea what was going on and was just a puppet. I've been moved away from that as well. He clearly is not in charge, but boy, is he willing. He yes. is a willing collaborator in this. There is no other way to explain the nature of the American government refusing to assist getting Americans and our allies out of that country by any means necessary. And here's the other link that makes me believe this, that that they they simply don't want to have it be done because they're not the ones who did it and that you did. They are still taking credit for that overland evacuation of the four Americans, the mom and the three kids. That was done by, again, a a civilian dynamic, former military, and they're still taking credit for that. So this is an administration that is willing and 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 excited to stop this because of how they think it will reflect on them and who they think will get credit. This is disgusting. It clearly is a hostage situation that remarkably and I can't believe I'm saying this seems to be facilitated by our own government. Uh, the, the individuals who got out of Kabul, were uh, we, Fox News is reporting, uh, had like tickets for a, a Qatari airline, that these are not people being piled into planes who, who are not known. These are people who've had tickets, and it's on, a, it's on a, like a, 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 an airliner from Qatar, and that's how they've gotten out. And we have to also remember... We're the Americans and the news is reporting these numbers of Americans and our allies who are left as though it's it, we can believe them. As you've said, if, if with the numbers that you have and the numbers that allegedly have gotten out of Kabul already exceed the number of Americans that we were told who were there. This is all a shell game and it is shocking. And what they think ultimately in the end will be is that Americans will forget because they think we're all a bunch of rubes and we don't have brains and we don't understand things. 
uh, and that that will get and maybe they're hoping that the you know, the virus will get worse. I mean, this is the kind of gang uh, that would do that. This is the same team. I'm sure you've reminded your audience that was in charge during Benghazi. Mm -hmm. It is Susan Rice. It is Anthony Blinken. uh, It's the same mentality of abandoning people, of lying to the American people, of what difference does it make now, that mentality. Uh, And I think it is because you, you've got a profile. uh, Obviously, the, the Democrats don't like you. And you are providing an example of how this could have been done, how it can be done, and they simply don't want it to happen because of politics. There is no other reason for this. Not just the weird... Uh, new paperwork you mentioned that is you can't access, but but the but the email that was leaked by yeah. one of the individuals who was involved uh, mm-hmm. in the, having uh, right there in black and white. If you try to go to even another country, we will not accept you at a DOD base. If you try to go to another country, we will tell those countries to not accept you. And it's because suddenly, Glenn, they they're worried about vetting. When we have tens of thousands in this country who have not been vetted, who were piled onto airplanes, we left, ironically, we left behind all those who we said were the most important, the Americans and our SIV holders, the majority of whom uh, we now know also were abandoned there. So we brought everyone over whom we don't know who they are with their child brides, with their multiple wives, little girls complaining about uh, being uh, raped and being handed to and sold um, uh, to these men coming over here to say nothing of a measles case now confirmed at McCoy, Fort McCoy, uh, and reports that uh, these refugees have uh, free reign and wandering around the bases with no restrictions and using Ubers to leave the base and to go into communities. This is... This disaster, Glenn, of course, continues to unfold, and it's from an administration that I think is both hostile to uh, certain people in this country and certain kinds of Americans, you know, called conservatives, uh, as well as incompetent. I think it is a combination of malevolence and idiocy, and this is our state as we are three days away from September 11th. Timmy, you sound like I sounded last week uh, when I got the when I got the phone call, the briefing, when I was told because we worked all day Tuesday last last week, not this last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before to get these four planes off with the State Department. We, we were fine mm-hmm. without them uh, and we were getting these uh, planes off. We had Americans. We had lots of people on this plane that will go unnamed now because they're in hiding and I don't want people to mm-hmm. uh, to target them. Um, but we had lots of people on this plane. They would not release them. We had four senators at least two congressmen and at least one Democrat that were all involved trying to get the State Department just to let these planes fly. They they um, tell us in the end, after I go to bed, after hours of this, I go to bed. It looks like because everybody's on top of the State Department that they're going to get it to move. When I get up the next morning, they I find out that they have told uh, they told the uh, Taliban that uh, these people are here. Here's the manifest and told everybody, turn in your paperwork and your passports. And I said, I said, if 
all of these people, because we know who they are, if all of these people do not return, the blood of everyone who is lost is on the hands of the State Department and this administration. And I, I was so angry, Tammy. I said, I, I, I don't even know what my citizenship means. I mean, literally, what is my tax dollar paying for? And I don't mean it like they're wasting my tax money. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing behind my back. I have no idea if this is what they'll do to my face. What is this country mm-hmm. doing behind my back? Yeah, this is not even about ambivalence. Like they're not trying hard enough or they're, or they're distracted right. or they're, ju- they're just freaking out. They're, t- they're taking action. And the actions are impeding our ability to get Americans out, impeding our ability to get the SIV people out. Clearly, probably the most vetted people are on those planes that you've helped to oh, arrange. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that there the are, can vetted. I tell you, I'll tell you something. There are people that are not vetted by us that are on some of these planes that come to us through people in the State Department that say, you got to put these people on. Well, we don't know who those people are. Don't worry, we do. Well, we oh, don't. Yeah. yeah, this is a horrible situation where, and it, it shows you about leadership, that this is not the normal government. This is not what Americans want. It isn't what a Democrats even want. It is this dynamic. It's remarkable that they have chosen this pattern of things to happen as we're leading to September 11th, including the Gitmo show, you know, hearing uh, with Colleen oh, no. Sheikh Mohammed waving at reporters and winking. It is a shocking dynamic that someone, this is our other problem. We don't know who is making these decisions. And, and that takes away our ability then to remove them constitutionally. <laughs> that is because they, they, we Woodrow no Wilson's dream. So centralized. Woodrow yeah. Wilson's dream. You have an administrative state. You don't have anybody to blame. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. You know, it was um, the idea of Woodrow Wilson to have the country run by experts. And you could find enough experts that were not political at all. And those experts would just know what was right. And they'd tell the American people what was right. And we would have this big administrative state in all of these departments and the departments would run things because they're the experts and they know best as we're seeing now in all of the departments the department of education is is our schooling better or worse since the department of education how's the department of state doing right now hey california how's the department of interior right am i right These experts are discrediting themselves at a record level because everyone on TV now is an expert and they all tell you, listen to us or die. If you don't listen to us about the science, you'll die. You'll die of global warming or global cooling or global mediocrity. Uh, you will you'll die because of the pandemic. And if you don't die, well, then you're going to kill somebody. All these experts are discrediting themselves. And what happens to a society when it doesn't trust its experts at all? 
What happens to a society where they reject science, not because of science, but because of the way scientists were used? I thought we would ask one of these experts who uh, has been rolled over with a steamroller. Uh, his name is Dr. Scott Atlas. He's just written, he's um, um, just been uh, f- f- featured in a piece, Science Killed Itself Over COVID-19. I want to talk to him a little bit about that now. Hello, Scott, how are you? Great, thanks for having me. So um, you were a former member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Um, we found out that Anthony Fauci this week, because The Intercept released 900 pages uh, of things that they were trying to actually discredit uh, Rand Paul with, found out, gee, Fauci did do a lot of stuff on the you know, gain-of-function research. What did he know? When did he know it? Did you have any idea, Scott, while you were there, that Fauci was... I mean, could be kind of responsible for some of this stuff and had more information than we were led to believe? Well, I came uh, at the request of uh, the president in the White House in in the beginning of August. So that was sort of eight months after uh, seven, eight months later. We don't uh, I I never heard any of that stuff discussed, frankly, the origin of the virus or, or uh, any of these issues. So th- those emails and the issues that you're talking about uh, predated me by six months. I was an advisor to the president and also part of the task force, but only from, from August on. So, uh, you know, I think that, but, but the comment on the emails and everything, I think that this is what, what's another example of how uh, the lack of trust in science and the lack of trust in public health leaders is now a big problem in the United States, because what we gleaned from these emails, and I'm just reading them, I know I have no special knowledge of it, uh, is that uh, as we saw in the previous trove of emails, there was a, an effort to squash the concept that it might have come out of a lab instead of uh, it, it was not all that it that it was naturally occurring, even though that letter to Lancet was written. And it seems like there was a group effort to get that letter from scientists written to intimidate further uh, discovery mm-hmm. of what actually happened. And now that information shows at least raises a question of who was funding this research. So I think there's a lot of questions here that that need to be answered. Uh, And I hope we're still living in a world where facts matter, but I have my doubts. Yeah, I have my doubts, too. Um, But we are there are two Americas now, um, and I don't know which one wins. And I don't know how this game is even played um, when you don't trust things like this. Ivermectin thing is crazy, is absolutely crazy, as crazy as the hydroxychloroquine. That's been around forever, and they can help prevent just exactly like this new vaccine. You take it, and it can help prevent you from getting it. doesn't guarantee you're not, but it can help prevent you. It can also lessen the, uh, lessen the, uh, the symptoms. And yet, for some reason, these are still off bounds. Well, here, here's the issue. My, my take on, the, on these drugs that you've mentioned uh, is the following. We know that these drugs have, are safe drugs when taken as directed. Uh, they've been around for decades, 35, 40 you know, years. Uh, billions 
of doses have been given safely on both ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine. The question comes, though, uh, the, the real data is that there's been analyses of all these sort of clinical observational trials, uh, some of which were good, some of which weren't, and there is conflicting conclusion drawn. So the failure here is 18 months after the pandemic, we still have an NIH that has not conducted the appropriate large-scale clinical trial on a safe, widely available drug that by its biochemical, its mechanism of action, its impact in a lab setting indicates it, it might work. And so this is what's unconscionable here. There is a suppression and a lack of, of function by the NIH to do its job. This is a heinous, really, failure that they have not yet, 18 months later, conducted the appropriate clinical trial, and they've outlawed using these drugs when they are already FDA-approved and safe. That is unheard of. When a drug is FDA-approved as a prescribing doctor, you then get to use your judgment as to when it's used, by the way. This is unprecedented that, that it's been banned for use, that pharmacists have been banning doctors from prescribing it, et cetera. So the failure here is really incredible. Uh, we're living again where there is no I, I want to get to one point which that article says, which basically there is no such thing as science if you don't allow the evidence to come forward and to do the scientific process of things like clinically controlled trials, etc. You have to see the information. Science does not function by having a quote prevailing opinion. Correct. Science does not have a view. The view is the data, and the only way we will ever have truth is to actually allow the data to come forward, to do the scientific method. And without that, I'm afraid that, it, you know, it, it's finished. I don't know where to go from there. So are there more people like you? I mean, I know I talk to a lot of doctors, just regular doctors, and they may disagree here and there on different things. You know, the vaccine, they may say, oh, it's perfectly safe. It's fine. Others will say, well, I'm not so sure. Um, but they all generally, local people, generally agree this isn't right what's happening with science. Are, 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 they being, are yeah. people being silenced? Are they afraid? Are they saying it in the shadows? Or do most scientists well, now say, yep, that's the way we got to do it? It's absolutely true that there's been a very effective smear campaign, intimidation campaign. You know, as you mentioned uh, or alluded to, I was subjected to that yeah. by uh, people, certain professors at Stanford University, which is really uh, a disgrace. It's, it's a stain on the university. And I, I could say this, the vitriol of their rebukes indicate the weakness of their argument and their insecurity about the data. They don't know the data. They refuse to acknowledge the data or they don't understand how to analyze data. But be that as it may, there is never a case where university faculty should suppress views. The universities in the United States are supposed to be the centers for the free exchange of ideas. They are an egregious failure right now, particularly where I am. And it's still ongoing. There have been other people pressured. In fact, I've had hundreds of doctors and scientists from all over the country call me saying, keep going, Scott. This has been going on for over a year, but we cannot come forward. We're afraid for our families and for our jobs. And even people at Stanford University are saying that. So as they try to keep intimidating and suppressing uh, views that they don't like, these professors 
are really uh, creating massive damage and harm to the public good, not just by their incorrect views and their failure to correct their views, but by also intimidating the search for the truth that we so desperately need. How do they not see that they have become the Dark Ages church? Listen, ignorance is a very powerful uh, trait, I guess. Uh, You know, these are the flat earthers of today, frankly. This is what is happening here. Uh, The suffocation of debate, some of these things are are actually shown very clearly, some of these issues. In fact, everything I said was was not only true back a year and a half ago, but it has remained true today. Every single thing, scientifically true. And yet they still refuse to believe that the earth is round. And part of the problem in the United States, and if I may go on, is that the media is complicit in this. Your your field, I'm not blaming you personally, but your field is a disgrace. It is. Uh, And instead of finding truth, because we as a people in a free society depend on the media or have in the past to seek out uh, the truth and speak objectively. And when that is lost, there's this complicit, a very perverse relationship between the media, the so-called prevailing view of academia and social media, and this, this, this real censorship that's frightening, but going on in the United States and based on smear campaigns. Uh, you know, I, I like to think the truth will prevail uh, and we cannot give up. But we're in a stage now where Americans really have lost trust and appropriately lost trust in so-called experts. They shouldn't believe what they hear on TV. They shouldn't believe what the government officials are spouting. The the responsibility now is very individualized. The people that are in this country have to take it upon themselves. And it's very difficult to figure out who to trust and to look at the data. And by the way, they are responsible for what happens to their children, individual parents. You are in control of your children and your family. You get to decide. You don't wait in my view, people ask me all the time, when will the CDC say this? When will Dr. Fauci say this? When will the government say this? The answer is never. You have to decide when it is your responsibility to do what's right. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much, Dr. Scott Atlas. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for the stand that you've taken. Be it right or wrong, honestly, Scott. You have a right to say it and a right not to be smeared and uh, a right to speak what you believe is true. And it is disgraceful and um, uh, um, society ending when our scientists can't have that freedom. Thank you so much.